welcome to Shaken Not Noob, the podcast that's on to its fourth kilo of coffee since isolation started, and it's only now experiencing mild heart palpitations. I am your host, Fuzzy Dan, and on this week's episode, I'm joined by my consulting cardiologist, it's Mr. or sorry, Dr. Duty Dutram. How are we, sir? Ah, I'm doing... Well, I'm also, I've like just smashed down a long black and yeah, I'm buzzing. <laughs> Legit buzzing. <laughs> buzzing off your head. Yeah. Look, I mean, I, I've honestly got onto my fourth kilo of coffee. I've been buying it by the kilo. Um, and I'm actually, I'm going to say that I'm spending less money now than I ever did like buying coffees at the shop. So I'm kind of happy. And caffeinated. Yeah, you know, normally like eight bucks a eight bucks a you know cup of coffee or whatever it is in the city, and it's like you could spend twenty bucks at a roasters and just get a bag of beans and you know yeah. crush them up and. Put I them will say I'm I'm spending about eighty bucks a bag, so it's not cheap coffee, but it is very very nice. And uh, you do have a, a you do have a expensive coffee palette. I have an expensive palette for fucking everything. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna buy something, it's always going to be the most expensive thing that I can buy. So yeah. Look, I'm happy, I'm excited and energized until I crash out from my coffee burnout at some stage later this year. So hopefully isolation will end so that I can return to a normal heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we're going to go straight into the news today. Lots to talk about, mate. First cab off the rank. Something that was posted in our listener community as well. Uh, a game that some people may be excited about. It's called Pokemon Snap. Um, yes. We got an announcement trailer, a launch trailer for that. Um, I'm going to say I don't know much about this other than it looks like you just take photos of Poke people. Yeah, so Pokemon Snap originally came out on the Nintendo 64. And it was like a... It was an on-rails sort of... Um, photography so sort of like you're on a african wildlife safari sort of thing but you're on you're on a pokemon safari excellent um but you're like a you're a photographer that just take you know you get more points for your photo depending on the the positioning of the camera the light what the pokemon's doing stuff like that so it was really really popular it was a really simple game it's just an on rails photo game that's basically it um but it's just a load of fun it's it's kind of cool you sort of get the you know uh, you know, sleep, you know, sleeping Pokemon by the river and all that sort of stuff, or, or you know, I think from memory you could throw apples and stuff like that, or you could throw rocks to, to cause interactions or something. So, like, you know, you get them shooting lightning out of their heads or something, and you get a sweet shot of lightning coming out of their heads and all that sort of stuff. Interesting. But it's just, a, okay. yeah, it's it, it's something that doesn't require any sort of, I wouldn't, I don't really want to say any interaction, but it, it's it's something that's just simple and easy and breezy to play. Yeah, like it's it's like play, playing a PlayStation VR game from like the demo sort of disc that you get. It's that easy, fun pick up play. It's none of the you know have to manage inventory or health or something like that. It's just a casual, fun thing. Okay, interesting. Um, so you don't actually. Like, I just want to get this clear. You don't actually fight anything. You don't do anything. Nope. Okay, it's literally just straight up like taking photos. Yeah, basically, there's, I think from, like, the Nintendo 64 one from memory, because I had it as a kid, there was a heap of different levels, with the different levels, you get, you know, different locations, there's different Pokemon in each location, um, and all that sort of stuff, um, and I think from memory, like, the last level on the Nintendo 64 one was, like, up in the clouds, uh, and there was a Mew flying around, and it was really hard to get him, because he's, like, or he or she is so shy, it sort of, like, pops out of a cloud, and you just get these, like, you know, like those Bigfoot photos of, like, something, you know, like a tail coming out of a cloud or something like that. Yeah. Um, 
So, you know, the, the, the levels can get a little challenging or, you know, you can go, oh, you know, you got a 10,000 score for this level and you look at the leaderboard and someone's gotten like a you know, 48,000 score. It's like, how's he done that? Or he's thrown a, this at this particular Pokemon that's woken him up or he's done this sort of thing and that's given him more points for that photo. So it's it's just a fun on-railsy sort of thing. Like, it's the only other Pokemon game that I'll play that isn't more of a traditionalist Pokemon game rather than those, like, dungeon fucking crawling ones or yeah. something like that. It's just this fun, cruisy thing. It's Pokemon for Voyeurs. Um, so you can go and perv on your favourite Pokemon uh, in all its glory uh, in its natural environment. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, what's that movie called? Open Window or... Uh, Secret Window? At, uh, the one with the, the, the Simpsons spoofed off with Bart with, in his wheelchair. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> Some Pokemon try to kill me! Oh, oh. <laughs> Gross. So there you go. Um, th- I don't know if there's a release date for it, but um, yeah, I, I think that was a, a, a really well-received game. So I'm sure everybody's excited to have more Pokemon games coming out on the Switch very shortly. Yeah. Uh, moving on to something not so fun. Well, maybe it is. I don't know. Um, so I don't know if you heard about this last year, but there was a massive problem in Red Dead Online um, where by there were mods that could be applied by hackers where, where they could spawn... Uh, people of the KKK uh, in the game. So I don't know. Have you seen anything about that in the in the past? Not for online. I know they were in single player, and if you watch them, they'd kill themselves if you didn't kill them. Yes. So yeah, basically, you could. Um, there was some hacks that they could put in that meant that you could spawn KKK members, and obviously, current environment probably not the best move so what no. uh to rockstar never their best move doesn't matter the environment it's not a good move good point um so to rockstar's credit what they've done gone and done now is they have uh, removed all of that content from the game uh so that people can't spawn as the kkk anymore uh, because there were super like super inappropriate things that were happening within the game um and it's just not it's just not done at all. I don't know why they put it in there in the first place, but uh, now that they've removed access, everybody's starting to be happy. Well, there was a thing like you could... Uh, it was in the single play, you know, like riding around at night time or whatever. You just hear, like, people talking in the woods. If you got off your horse and took a look, there'd be, you know, yeah. a KKK meeting or whatever. But then they'd, like, somehow light themselves on fire mm. or they'd explode if you didn't... Like, if you just sat there and watched them, they'd find a way to kill themselves. Yeah. Or, like, a bear would come out of nowhere and just eat them all. So, yeah. like, there's there's the code for those character models because of the single player, just because sure. they're, they're in the single player, but yeah. somehow, you know, people online have gotten them into multiplayer. Which is which is just shit. So, now they've removed all of that, so there is no more of that content, which is awesome. Um, it means, uh, look, I understand, you know, there's a lot of games out there at the moment, and we, we talked briefly uh, offline, myself and one of our other co-hosts on the Nerd Podcast, about um, uh, Bioshock and some of the content in Bioshock Infinite and how that's yes. like, it's super uncomfortable to watch because of like just themes that are going on and what's happening right now in the world. And it's like, you can understand the context for why they put that in the game, but it can be super uncomfortable and just tone deaf. So I'm glad oh, that yeah. Rockstar have actually changed that, um, you know, seen what's going on and actually made some efforts to remove it from the game. So that's awesome. So Good positive for uh, for Red Dead Online. Now, if only people will play it. 
Yeah, I played every now and then with Dave, and we get we just you know <laughs> fuck around and do some shit, and it's like, all right, let's go back to whatever we're playing. Something else. It's a good five minute distraction until you realise you have to feed your horse. <laughs> yeah, oh, I got to feed my horse. I have to feed myself. Oh, I don't have any food. I have to go hunt for food. And I'm like, no, I just want to rob a train. Boring. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, well, there we go. So uh, good work, Rockstar. Now, moving on to another one. Um, big news at the moment. Steam Festival uh, is out right now. Now, I don't know if anybody's had access to this or seen what's going on, but essentially the Steam Festival was a chance for uh, developers to get out there with some early access on some of their games, uh, provide people with access to demos and a bit of a feel for what's going on. There's massive amounts of... Uh, developers playing through their games and talking people through it so live videos uh, going through on Steam and it's I think it's going on for the next couple of weeks but it's it's huge right now it's so big and I will say that I have been able to immediately remove about half a dozen games from my uh, possible list but I've also added about a dozen more onto my wish list for the future when they actually release them because there's some cool content that's coming through have you played through any yet? Yeah. Um, I've been playing. Uh, it's a it's an indie multiplayer horror game with uh, with some of my PC lads called uh, Pacify. Yep. Um, and it's there's there's videos of it on on YouTube where it's like you know you and three other mates are like you know ghost hunters or sort of paranormal investigators. You go into a, the first particular levels. You go into a house. There's a this ghosted haunted little girl running around who's trying to turn you into dolls and you need to like burn these sacrificial dolls the more dolls you burn the quicker and more pissed off she gets oh it's, okay it's a pretty fucking fun game yeah um i think it's like four bucks as well and it's just this simple horror atmospheric fun sort of thing yeah nice um so uh, I, I might pick that up i might shoot it your or i've already picked it up i might pick up a copy for you and shoot it your way and see how you go because <laughs> i won't play it single play but playing it online with mates and just hearing them scream and laugh and all that sort of stuff is pretty fun oh nice yeah that, that's cool I um, I'm loving like just seeing some of these like these new little games come through. A lot of it's like obviously indie titles that people are working through, but I think there's some yep. really cool content that's available. Um, so yeah, I definitely think if you haven't checked it out, if you do have access to your your PC stuff, you can you know obviously see what's going on. Um, I got into this game called The Rift Breaker, which is quite cool. Um, sort of a space construction game based on a kind of like a, a strategy game, but like a, a top-down shooter as well. It's really interesting. So that's been fun. And there's also this one called Snowtopia, um, which is a ski resort tycoon game, um, which I'm kind of into as well. So just a couple little bits and pieces in there. But like I said, it's a good chance to explore some of those games that you might have been iffy about um, and actually get into some content that you might not have ever understood or ever heard of. Um, and it's available now. Demos are available, which is the best part about it, I think, is giving access to people to try these things out for yourself to really sort of see if that's the game for you. Yeah, Steam has a essentially a, a fuckload of games for anyone where... yeah. Xbox and, and it's especially sort of like Nintendo, they will heavily not censor, but they go through a vigorous process of what is approved to be on their online marketplace. Where Steam is like, cool, is there any kid porn in it? No, yeah, that's fine. 
Like that's that Steam's like only thing is like, is there kid porn? No, then it's fine. I mean, there is a heavy porn library in here, but oh, you know, there is a massive porn library. In there. That that like they changed that rule. I think it was last year to allow more adult content um, onto Steam. Um, but yes, they do they do draw a line somewhere, uh, which is there, good. Yeah, there are lines, but if you're looking for a waifu simulator, then there is one for you if you want one. Absolutely. If you ever wanted a waifu, there's a waifu for you. <laughs> there's a waifu for everybody. Um, Ian, are you listening? There's one for you too. <laughs> but yeah, there's that new game, there's that new fucking, what's Everspace or some fucking thing we talked about, it, I think, last year on the show where it was like a crowdfunded porn game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And they're like, that's it's still there. It's still not out yet. I'm still waiting to buy you a copy. <laughs> when it goes on sale, I mean, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, look, I think that's it's been really awesome. I've tried out a, cu- a couple, and like I said, I've I've earmarked them for the future. My wish list is huge at the moment, so I'll be waiting till they come on sale, snapping them up at the good times. But yeah, there's a lot of content that's out there, which is. I look. I love seeing indie developers go through stuff. I love seeing new games coming through, and the, the Steam library at the moment is just as epic. So check it out as oh, yeah. soon as possible. Um, moving on to other bits of news, the last piece for this week. Uh, speaking of awesome uh, things that are bundled together, um, I checked it out today and actually purchased it because it's it's pretty cool. It is the Humble Bundle Fight for Racial Justice Bundle. Um, they're basically raising money to donate to the Black Lives Matter co- uh, charities. Um, they've said that 100% of the budget, um, 100% of the funds raised on Proceed. this go towards that, that that donation. So it's all charitable donations. Um, mm. They've raised something like 2.6 million Australian dollars at the moment. And looking through the library, like if you're only just interested in the games in there, there is some amazing games in there. They've got um, the Kerbal Space Program. Uh, they've got FTL. They've got Bioshock Remastered. Uh, there's Kingdom. There's Broken Age. There is uh, Elite Dangerous in there, which is a $50 game all on its own. Um, so there's, I think there's something like 30 or 40 games in there. There's a bunch of digital books and graphic novels as well. It's all in there. It's all available. I think it's $51 is Australian is the minimum that you have to pay to buy, but you can obviously donate more if you'd like. Um, and yeah. you can obviously look at some of the charities that they're donating to as well. But they're all sort of uh, supporting the Black Lives Matter movement, which is awesome. Um, yeah, And for 51 bucks, if you're looking for something to donate towards and get a bunch of awesome games, great option for you. Yeah, there's, there is a fuckload of games. Because you sent me this list this morning, and I'm looking yeah. through it going, holy shit. Yeah. Like, thinking it'd be like, you know, if you buy one game, uh, proceeds will go towards it. Like, no, this is a bundle that you'll get all of this. Yeah. And we'll all get a chance. And I, th- I think that's great. It's, and it's... it's Look, if if you haven't played something like the OG Bioshock game before, yeah. yes, you can pick it up for, you know, 12 bucks or this or that. But I think you'd be better off doing it this way because not only do you get the first Bioshock game, you get a fuckload of other games and comics and all that sort of stuff and all the proceeds go towards sort of uh, charities and, 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 and you know, the, the Black Lives Matter movements. Yes. Um, and you get fuckloads. I'm like, I'd rather spend 50 bucks get a fuckload of games to get that one game that I want to play because yeah. there's a, there's been a heap of days where I'm like, I don't know what to play. I've got this. I've never played it. Let's give it a crack. 
Well, there's there's some amazing yeah. ones in there. Like I said, like Kerbal and Elite Dangerous. There's NBA 2K20. Like all of those games are, are over forty dollars, um, so forty to fifty bucks. So if you're looking to buy even one of those games, you can yeah you, you're getting a, an absolute bargain in in getting all of that together. And as I said, donating towards an awesome cause. So. Um, yeah, so check it out. It's at the Humble Bundle website. Um, I mean, I always love their stuff. I think they've got really good options. They've got a really good subscription service in there as well. Um, I like the choice option. So each month you pay like 15 bucks or whatever it is, and you get to choose from a bunch of different games. They've actually got some really cool content through there. So, um, so yeah, so check them out. I think that's, um, that's an awesome option to restack your library and uh, donate money to something cool. Now, there might be another piece of news that we, we may have forgotten as well. Oh, yes. Go, please. I'm very excited for it. You are not. Um, and uh, it is a game that uh, me and Dave will definitely be playing, and probably Kermit, because uh, Kermit has, has joined me and Dave in playing Battlefront on the Xbox and mm. chatting shit and all this sort of stuff. Kermit's a fucking top bloke. <laughs> um, but it is Star Wars Squadrons. Oh, look, I forgot about it because it was like it was like two days ago. I've lost track of all time. So, <laughs> yes, this should have absolutely been in the news. Thank you for picking up on it. Um, but, yeah, wow. Star Wars Squadrons. I mean, I will preface this by saying it is a an EA Games trailer, so it looks amazing. <laughs> yeah, but I think it is done in the Frostbite engine from from Battlefront Two. P- perhaps it could also just be a CG trailer. Oh, absolutely. And uh, the the only problem I have with this is that EA uh, they are infamous for only putting up like you know the the cinematic trailer and not actually showing gameplay. And as excited as as I want to be for it, I need to see gameplay before I get actually excited for it. Do you know what now, I mean? We're we're recording this. This is a little behind the curtains for you, uh, for you noobs out there. But uh, we're recording this at you know, midday on a Thursday. But there is an EA Play which uh, will be today for for people listening, um, and that's actually going to show gameplay. So that's EA Play is going to act a bit like the uh, the E3 sort of for EA. Awesome. Um, awesome. And they're going to show gameplay of this game. But the trailer essentially is a, a showing sort of both sides of the coin for the Imperial Academy and the Resistance. You're not playing as a rebel. You're playing as a now newly formed Resistance. Uh, pilot or form of pilot because that's um, what so this, that, be... that's what this universe needed more law and more factions and <laughs> just well, fucking have the rebels. I, I saw the tra- <laughs> i saw the trailer for it and i was like cool it's rebels versus empire i'm like fucking sick and i'm like uh-uh. it's empire versus resistance so it's immediate it's not immediately after but it's set sort of shortly after the battle of endor yeah but it will be presumably as well before the Battle of Jakku because that's where the Empire actually dissolved. So it'll be, you know, within that year period because it takes sort of a year, it takes place after the year of uh, Battle of Endor. But um, it, uh, there's, it's, it looks like it's a five-on-five squadron-based game. Mm-hmm. There are four separate ships per faction. So you get the X-Wing, the A-Wing, the Y-Wing, and the U-Wing, as well as the TIE Fighter, the TIE Reaper, the TIE Interceptor, and the TIE Bomber mm. uh, for each class. Uh, there will be cosmetic options to have. So if you... Pre-order the game now on on Xbox and PC and and, and all that sort of stuff. It is sixty dollars on the Xbox Store, so it is not a hundred dollars or one hundred and fifteen for you know generic you know games on on the Xbox Marketplace. So sure. it's sixty bucks. Um, and uh, cosmetic-wise, you'll get a ship skins, you'll get a helmet skin, you'll get an outfit skin, um, and apparently as well, they haven't sort of revealed much. But with an email that w- sort of we got in regards to some information for it. There will be some heroes in it here and there, and the game is 
full cross-play. Xbox, PlayStation, PC. It also supports PlayStation VR and PC VR. And that's I, I did see some of that, like some of the game, uh, some of the trailer here. There was a lot of looking around the um, the X Wing. It's all first person, yeah. I, and I thought if I could do that in VR, that would be awesome. Like if I could put on my VR headset and be in a, a like a in an X Wing or a Tie Fighter, like that would be cool. And I want because I want to see all of the like the dash, you know, graphics and all the rest of it, like you see in the yeah. movies. I think that would be a really awesome experience. Um, I know they did do a, um, a, a VR mission in. I think it was, was the it? first battle. The front. first battlefront. The that's first right. Battle front, yeah. Um, so that was that was and that was on rails as well. Yeah, that was that was. I, I mean, it was the experience. So I want to be able to play this game in VR. Like that would be that would be the big plus. I know uh, with the Ace Combat Seven, which came out recently, they had a couple of VR missions in that. And as a flying game, like flying inside a jet, like with the VR, it's it was so cool. It's such an awesome experience. So give me more of that in inside the Star Wars universe. I'm happy. Um, I yeah. also like we had a bit of a conversation about this when that came out the other day. I don't just want it to be dogfighting though. Like, and that's they've said dogfighting specifically in the game. I want to there's, see there's two. There's two game modes that they've announced for the game so far. Yeah, there is traditional dogfight, which is just take out as many players as you can and there is capital ship assaults mm. so you'll have to take out a star destroyer if you're playing as a resistance or vice versa if you're playing as the uh, the empire yeah so th- it looks like those are the two modes that will potentially release with the game whether they do more when the game's out who knows yeah um, but oh, it's just look, dog fight if there's not a trench a run ship. in there it's not worth it like we need some sort of trench run attack a planet kind of thing like i think more objective based stuff would be really cool like I know that yeah. we look at like you know Battlefront Two, and one of the best things they did was the um, was the Capital Supremacy. Um, so you know that was yeah. yeah it, it's changing the environments. It's not just this like static thing. And I know when they did like you know when they were supporting the uh, um, the space battles within um, Battlefront Two, like it's just completely gone as a game mode in there now. Um, but when they were supporting it, it was just dogfighting, and it felt very. Like you're just spinning around in circles, and I just I think there there could be better yeah. for those games. You had mission like you had objectives in those game modes that was like blow this up, but I'm like okay, this is located out in the open, easy yeah. to defend because you can see who's attacking it. Where the trench run in the first Battlefront game, it was like okay, the three rebel ships that are attacking yeah. for the trench run have been destroyed. We're going to reset who's going to have to do the trench and they have to go in from the start of the trench yeah. and actually funnel their way through so everyone else has to protect these three ships while the tires or, or the empire just have to come in and fuck them up and look, um, that kind of stuff's awesome like that's that's a really cool element that's that, a teamwork thing yeah. yeah it's a cool element that they can bring to the game which is unique to star wars uh, the star wars universe and mm. it could be a lot of fun and just avoids that whole like Anytime you have an online, like, flying game simulator, whatever it is, any online multiplayer, it's literally just this big ball of death of planes just looping around in circles trying to avoid each other. And it's it can be fun, but I think it gets really tiring really fast. And the rest of the games, yeah. like, when you're playing them, aren't like that. Like, they are these sort of open, flying around, zooming around, dodging shapes and objects and moving through the environment. It gives you that real sense of speed. So I want that in the game, and they need to find a way to do that. And I think that, you know, that moving element of the environments will help a lot. Yeah, it, it's... I'm, I'm, what I'm wanting as well, I know that the, you know, that the game's going to be like a 4-on-4 four four or a 5-on-5 five five sort of scenario. Sure. But... 
having multiple players inside one ship is kind of is kind of what I want. Yeah, I sort of want to have one person flying, one person on the guns. So like, okay, cool. I can only shoot in this, you know, in the you know the U wing or, or or even the say the Falcon. If I want that sea of thieves experience for you know the Millennium Falcon, one person is flying, is directing the ship. One person is managing the shields and the engine in regards to the speed, mm. and two players are on the turrets. Because I'm like, okay, you can't shoot the Falcon while you're flying it. Someone physically needs to be on the turrets. Yeah, someone needs to be managing the you know how fast you're going and how much the shields are. And in this little trailer as well, we get that, you know, the start of the trailer is an X-Wing with a fucked up engine. And she just goes, cool, I'm putting all of my, you know, my power into my engine so I can get out of this, like, asteroid field. So it looks like there'll be a bit of that micromanagement that Battlefront 1 had where you can put all your energy into your, into your, you know, your laser cannons and do a fuckload of damage, but you're moving so fucking slow when you're doing that people can take you out pretty easy. Or you can put all your energy into your speed, you're going to be weak as shit, but you're going to be really fast. That'd be um, fun. Like, that, like adding those different elements to it. Like, I don't just want it to be a, you know, they've taken the module out of Battlefront 2 and, you know. Yeah, I don't want that. Yeah, yeah. If they do that, that's just a lazy quick win for them. And they've obviously priced it as a at a lower price point as well. So I'd like them yeah. to, you know, to at least make a full proper game, which brings in new elements and not just, you know, taking out what they've already done within uh, previous games. Yeah, it looks like you're going to make your own pilot as well, uh, as well as a single-player campaign. Uh, I'm just hoping we get that sort of, sort of that the, keeping the Star Wars existing not law, but X-wing has a shield generator, so it can take a couple more hits. Yeah, but is slower than a Tie Fighter that doesn't have a shield generator, but has two en- two really fucking fast engines on it. So I want the whole thing to be like an X-wing and a Tie Fighter is an even fight because. The X-Wing can take damage, but is slower. Mm. But the TIE Fighter is stupidly quick, but is is fragile. It's a glass cannon sort of thing. Yeah. And I sort of want to have that mechanic to it, going like, okay, there's two TIE Fighters on one X-Wing. He's fucked. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, cool. There's one, you know, A-Wing against a TIE Interceptor. That's, you know, an even fight or whatever it might be. It needs to have that sort of mechanic to it because battlefront 2 didn't have it it was like okay i'm in a i'm in a y-wing but i've equipped star cards to my y-wing that essentially make it a tie interceptor but with a bigger shield yeah it didn't really work yeah and that's look i I think there'll be some interesting elements and obviously you know we'll we'll probably start looking at things like the um the addition of heroes into the game and the hero ships like if they're going to bring that through again as well yeah yeah and it comes out in october as well it's not too long away yeah just announced and it's coming out before the end of the year so i think that's that's why i'm 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 a bit worried about it just being a, a drop from like they're dropping it out of battlefront and putting it into this so I'm I'm very hesitant at this stage. So well, let's let's check out the the gameplay this week. We'll talk to you about it more next week um, after we've viewed the gameplay and we can give you a bit more of an in depth review. Um, but yeah, at this stage, I'm I'm super super iffy on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and fair enough. And look, dude. Speaking of things that we're not super iffy on, Culture Shock collectibles. Who are they? What do they do, Fuzzy? (laughs) (laughs) Look, they are your number one stop for all of your nerdy collectible needs. They are available at cultureshockcollectibles.com. They're on um, Facebook and Instagram as well. They've had some awesome new things come out uh, recently. This week, they had the one-fourth scale Megazord. Did you see that one come through? I did see that. I, I did. Kind of looks pretty cool. My mind getting it. Yeah, that base that it's standing on even looks pretty fucking cool. Yeah, um, it's. I mean, if you're if you're into your Power Rangers stuff, it's very Voltron esque. I'm not gonna lie, um, but yeah, it's pretty cool too. 
Hey, Power Rangers are better than Ultron. Um, what but, are you uh, talking also, about? Oh my god! There's, a, there's also a new uh, the, the new Hot Toys have actually arrived. So a, a Hot Toy shipment has arrived from from well, Hong Kong, um, and uh, words out that Krennic has landed in Australia. Mm. So myself and uh, that geek Andy from Star Wars 101 have pre-ordered Director Krennic. Uh, he should be arriving or so within the next potentially within the next week. Nice. Uh, and I believe the uh, the Punisher in the War Machine hot toy armor uh, it has landed as well, and that thing looks fucking sick. <laughs> what about, are you ex- extremely excited for the one-sixth scale uh, model of Ant-Man from Ant-Man and the Wasp? So many people are fucking kicking on that, man. Really? To be honest, I'm kicking really? on it too. <laughs> yeah, so people hate it. So many people hate it. I think it looks like, stupid as hell, but that's all right. I mean, if you're into Ant-Man, yeah, this is the model for you. <laughs> no, no, it is not. It is flat out not the model for you. If you want an Ant-Man hot toy, you get the OG Ant-Man suit, which is the best in my opinion, or you get the Civil War suit, because they've released this Ant-Man suit that is from Ant-Man and the Wasp. He comes with two head sculpts, his Ant-Man helmet, and a Paul Rudd head. And the Paul Rudd head is a thing of fucking nightmares. It is the one of the worst head sculpts I have ever seen. I mean, that's. I it's mean, tr- to be fair, it does look photorealistic. I mean, Paul Rudd has a rough head, so you know, it's it's kind of alright. Have you have you seen the smile that that head sculpt is giving? It's it's fucking Pennywise creepy shit, man. It kind of looks like McDreamy from ER, but that's alright. We'll just we'll just yeah. That's it's the, the whole thing with hot toys, like especially when it comes to head sculpts. They're generally neutral, or if you get a Star-Lord, maybe a bit of a smirk. Something that is neutral but gives a, a little bit of emotion. Nothing like this Paul Rudd giant smile thing. Like, I can't stop They've literally it. gone it's, it's from horrifying. zero to a hundred. It just, yeah. Th- th- they'll have like a five, ten percent, you know, some form of emotion on their face. A sternness, a bit of a smirk, yeah. a bit of an evil grin, or something like that. But this is just like... The hooks going into Homer's face and forcing a smile like it's <laughs> it's that episode of The Simpsons. It, it looks fucking weird, man. I mean, look, I I mean, many people will be excited about this. I'll be holding out for the Michael Pena model um, when that comes available. <laughs> let me know. Um, I thought you were getting an Ewok, <laughs> mate. I've been getting a lot of things, but uh, maybe one of those could be on the cards. But there we go. CultureShockCollectibles.com. They've got a stack of stuff that's available. Um, you can check them out. And if you order anything over fifty dollars, there is free shipping. So that's pretty yeah. awesome too. Um, moving on, mate, we've got a couple of games to talk about in our game reviews this week. Let's start with your one, and then we'll move on to mine. Um, get the fuck out, Duty. Yes. <laughs> um, so I would if I could, but we're all in lockdown. <laughs> um, no, GTFO is. Uh, it was a game that was sort of teased last year at E3, mm-hmm. um, and it was it was something that. Um, Previously, Matt from I think it was Recast the Past sort of sent into a into a big gamer chat that I was in, going like, "Hey, take a look at this. It might be a bit of fun." Um, and the game is it's out now. It's it's an early. It's still an early access, and it, it comes up with the you know early access. We're still working on the game, sort of like what they did with Deep Rock. Um, it doesn't really have in regards to anything of a story. Um, you sort of figure it out by going online and reading some things, but the game sort of works out as. Um, you are a prisoner who's in sort of a sort of a, a pod, if you will. Um, you and three other mates sort of get pulled out of these like weird-looking prison cells by these giant cranes, and you get sort of dropped deep underground. Um, and you'll be given your, your first mission at the moment is you've got sort of a, a bomb device that you need to go and prime, and then bring it back. So the way that the game works, it doesn't really tell you what your mission is. You or you can sort of pick up that oh, I have to go to this particular area with this particular device and, and so on and so forth but the game doesn't have those sort of big obvious 
traditional objective markers. Take this item to this room where the game will just go, here you are, you're dropped in this zone. This is the you know, the item you're given. And by working out with your friends what you, or you know, with someone else who has played it, which is a big crutch of this game, if someone's played it, you need to listen to them. If you haven't played it before and you're playing it fresh, you're going to be so fucking lost as to what you're doing. Um, but you go into this sort of underground cave, cavern... Uh, uh, laboratory and the creatures uh, can only be described as something from the thing. They're these human grotesque creatures that are very much John Carpenter's The Thing, um, mixed with alien slash aliens. So you'll have motion trackers that is exactly the same as the motion tracker from Aliens. Um, you'll have sort of the the, the heaps of fucking mists all around each map. You'll have dynamic lighting. It's a it's a beautiful looking game has nothing in regards to story has nothing in regards to a tutorial as to what to do mm. what how how the game works um it sounds a little bit like um what was that that shooter that we were playing our oh, hunt showdown yeah, yeah. It, it, it's similar in that regards that it just sort of starts but hunt showdown give you a tutorial on how to play yeah this is a little bit <laughs> this is done by one of the lead developers from payday yeah so it's a lot of you're going to fail and die a lot, but learn from that experience. Um, and the way that the game works as well, when you're in the menus and you, you know you, your friends have joined into the lobby and you're about to start the match, you can change your loadouts as to what weapons you have. There's submachine guns or pistols. There's no locked weapons behind paywalls or anything. It's just, here's everything, pick whatever you want. And it's very crucial in regards to what people have equipped with them. And it's probably one of the only games sort of outside that Rainbow Six Siege atmosphere where you have to stay in constant communication as to what you're doing what you see what you hear what's going on okay yeah and you know like when you watch those e3 trailers and you know i'm coming in from the back room and they're talking like they're actually in the military Mm. and you're sitting there going pull your tongue out of your asshole but in this sort of game you sort of have to do that like essentially when it comes when i'm playing with it with a current group of friends Mm. I always pick the motion tracker and the motion tracker will show what's moving on, on this little sort of, well, it is basically the motion tracker from aliens, but it'll also show with what's not moving. So oh, okay. if yep. there's enemies hiding behind a door, they'll come up as a white dot. But if it's red dots running around, it's like, okay, there's movement that I can tag for people so everyone can see. But if there's white dots, only I can see it. So I need to call out what's behind this wall, what's behind this door, what's behind this corner, because there's a lot of, darkness and you've got flashlights and stuff but the enemy design in the game is they react to sound and they react to light but they can't actually see you Mm. so it's it's a little bit like the descent but they react to flashlights but they can't physically see you if you're you know don't have your flashlight on you crouch up towards them yeah um so there's moments in the game where like there's shit hiding in, you know, the, the dark corners of the room. If you put a flashlight in there, you're going to... Sort of like the clickers, like, from The Last of Us. They're going to know that something's up and they're just going to start running at you. Mm. And they'll do a fuckload of damage and there's only, like, three different enemy types. I'm explaining this really poorly, <laughs> but also it's... Uh, it sounds like it's there's a, a really lot going poor- on, right? There's a lot going on. The game doesn't tell you what's going on and you need to figure it out. And for a lot of people, it's going to be, fuck this. And to be honest, I played it for an hour and a half with uh, with a bunch of mates and I just went, I can return this now on Steam. Hmm. I'm not digging it. Yeah. And then they just went, listen, cunt, just keep fucking playing it. And I went, all right, I'll, I'll keep playing it. I'll, fuck it, it's 50 bucks. I'll just keep going with it. And I'm starting to enjoy it more because of the team dynamic. Like when you watch Aliens and like they're all telling, you know, calling out what they're doing, what Hudson's doing what's coming up on the track it's got exactly that atmosphere and you need to do that atmosphere mm. 
but there's also these like command prompt DOS systems throughout each level that you need to go in and type run underscore command underscore key 35 underscore location to find what's in what room. Mm. It's, it's, it's really fucking weird. It's, it's a mixture of alien. It's a mixture of things. It's a mixture of a little bit of sort of Terminator 2 in regards to, in regards to like the DOS systems, not like command prompts that you actually have to do. You can't skip out on, on those sort of moments of the games. Yeah. Um, it's a heap of teamwork, but it's also incredibly fucking hard. Mm. Um, you'll get very limited ammo and you'll need to sort of like explore each room, open lockers, get ammo crates and this and that and all that sort of stuff, but then also avoid what's in the room. I feel like this game has taken a lot of inspiration from other properties like Thing and Alien, so on and so forth. Yeah. But if you put the Thing or the Alien's sort of skin or IP over the top of it, You'll immediately you'll you'll know as a as a sort of a pop culture or a gaming person that like I know what that is. It's an alien. I know its its characteristics, its parameters, all that sort of stuff like that. But because it doesn't have that IP over it and it's something new, when you're seeing creatures for the first time, you don't know how to react to them. Whether to pull out your guns and go loud, whether to pull out your melee weapons and try and like you'll actually have to in sync. Okay, everyone, charge your weapons. Mm-hmm. When I say go, hit them. Because then if one of you misses yeah. or if one of you don't kill them, they'll scream and then it'll alert everyone in the room. <laughs> and then you're fucked. <laughs> like, they're, they're, the game is so hard. Like, that's, yeah, I'm, I'm describing it really poorly. And to be honest, I'm, I'm probably going to do some form of let's play or video of it so then people can see what I'm sort of putting down. Yeah. But it is enjoyable, but only it's a game that you can only play with friends. There is no matchmaking at all. Mm. So if you want to play with other people, they say join our GTFO Discord server and play with us. We have no matchmaking in this game, and some people like that, some people don't. But I think playing with mates, it'll be a game that Ian will fucking hate <laughs> playing, but he'll like the aesthetic and the look of it. Yeah, because there's so much you need to constantly keep talking. What's behind this door? Who who needs ammo? Who needs health? Who's picked up this? What's going on? Yeah. And, yeah, and look, it's it's really hard. I, I I think those games. There's a, a good place for those games, and if there's a good aesthetic to it, it makes a big difference. So interesting that um, yeah that that's come through. But if they're borrowing from lots of properties, like yeah, you, know, you talked about the, the thing and and aliens. I think that's a really, I mean, just take the best stuff out of those games or those those properties and make it work for you. That's awesome. Yeah, it is an early development game as well. Like it's it's still sort of in development and, and constantly being updated. I think every month or two they completely change and refresh the maps because the maps will stay the same for levels, mm. but the enemy placements change each time you play it. So yeah. when you land on the first level in the sort of the first room, there might be two aliens, you know, not, they're not aliens, but two of these creatures in there. But then if you die in a, in a different room and you, you know, repeat the level again, hey, there's nothing inside this room. Okay, what's in the next room? There's a giant, there's like a giant brutish character in there that takes a fuckload of ammo to take down. Yeah. So you best, you know, stay quiet, crouch, turn your, turn your headlights off, your, your lamps off and your flashlights off. Crouch, if, it, if he starts to glow and like twitch and stuff like that, sort of... I don't know. I, yeah. A bit like the clickers, you know, from The Last of Us. If they start to fucking move and make noise and, and like, go red, they're starting to, you know, pick up on a presence of something, so you need to stop moving. Okay. Okay, he's, he's, he's gone limp again. You can sneak past him. You know, if one of you runs past or uses your flashlight or, or does something that makes noise, it can set him off. By setting him off, he alerts everyone else. You're fucked. Mm. Okay. It's, yeah, it's like there's mo- the first time you sort of go against the clickers in that, like, the, the subway underground in The Last of Us. Oh, yep, yep. Um... 
it's a little bit like that. Like you slowly, periodically sneak up and take them out and you're constantly being conscious of what you're doing and what's around you. And then once the room is clear, then you can use your flashlights and run around and do all that sort of stuff like that. But yeah, it's, the enemy design is really weird as well because they say they don't really see you. They pick up on sound and they pick up on flashlights and all that sort of stuff. But when you go loud, they immediately run to you. Like whether you run around a corner, they'll still keep running at you. So it's like they can see you, but they can only see you when they're alerted. Mm. And it's it's a really weird dynamic as well because sometimes you'll have to open a, a door that is alarmed, and the alarms will go off, and they'll spawn in hundreds, not hundreds, but they'll spawn in say twenty of these creatures, and they immediately know where you are, where they should be going to like the sound of of an alarm. I think they haven't decided whether they're blind and they literally go by sound or whether their eyes only open when they hear sound it's it's this weird way that they've created these creatures that they can see you once they're alerted but if they're not alerted it's fine where like clickers would sort of reach out for you while running so they can try and grab you where these things legitimately naruto run at you they've got their arms behind their back mm. and they're just head first running at you <laughs> it's it's really weird man yeah nice all it's right a, well it's look, a hard game to talk about if we uh if we were going to give this like an early game score like what what would we give it out of five i'd probably give it a three as an early yep um initially after playing it for an hour i was like no i'm, I'm done with this but it's it's one of those ones you have to persist with yeah and you need to play with uh, three other friends and you need to constantly communicate what you see what you hear what you do yeah um, one of you needs the motion tracker and that guy is literally he needs to lead point on every room so he can go stop moving turn your flashlights off crouch there's something over there okay like it's it's yeah it's a it's it's a good team game it is a awful single player game mm. Oh, awesome. There we go. Okay, so um, check that out. G- uh, GTFO, Get the Fuck Out uh, is available in early access now. Uh, yep. Speaking of other games, that's <laughs> probably a little bit less coordinated than that one. Um, I played a game this week called Disintegration, um, which some of you may have seen uh, around the traps. So this one is a... Uh, not sure if you you've seen anything about this at the moment, Tony. It's a sci-fi first-person shooter, um, which combines FPS and real-time strategy elements. So it's got a lot I going on. Uh, basically, you play as this guy who is uh, who pilots uh, what they call a grav cycle, which is exactly what it sounds like. It is a motorcycle that uses gravity, so it kind of floats off the ground um, a little bit. And the idea of the game is that you go around in this sort of FPS mode, floating around everywhere, and you control a bunch of units that are in your squad to do different things. So um, lots of point and click in this direction, or attack this enemy, or you know you need some healing and that kind of stuff. It's very much more it's more of that directional element than it is the fps side so um so that's the basic premise for the game it's interesting i'm just gonna put it out there right off the bat it's a very interesting game um it's more of that strategy element than it is the fps side if anything so yeah, i have seen it's it's sort of the the design of the first person look looks like you're in a pod racer at some point so yep. it's like two sort of pistons on each side yeah pretty much so you kind of see these you the grav cycle has these kind of giant wings on either side and then you've also got guns on the inside of that um so it's and you can see your hands moving and all the rest of it which is kind of cool so some of those elements where you're moving around it gives you a bit of a sense of space um but yeah there is i will say like while it is an fps game like you do it's sort of this sort of fps god mode kind of thing where you're moving around and can you know having an overview of everything 
the main part of this is how you manage your squad. Um, so okay. the guns that you have, uh, that well, that you start out with in the first few levels, super underpowered. Um, you have to level yourself up through you know collecting of um, pay, you know salvage parts and all these special upgrade chips and all the rest of it um, that you collect throughout missions. Once you have enough, you can upgrade your weapons and your health regeneration, all the rest of it, um, so that you can become more effective. But essentially, the guns you start out with are almost useless. The idea is that you, you know, manage your squad to attack different targets and they do much, much more damage than you could ever do. Which, for an FPS game, is super weird, right? Like, it's... Yeah, why give you guns at all? Like, to, to be honest, to start with, absolutely. Like, it feels like you're doing almost no damage until you coordinate guys to go after your target and then it makes a difference. So, like, they will actually just melt... Uh, down characters once they're targeted on something um, otherwise they're kind of just spraying off into the wild so yeah like it very much becomes a squad based management game rather than the FPS uh, side so if you're, if you're looking for FPS shooters look elsewhere um, this is more strategic than anything um, the yeah. worst part about that though I will say is that when you're managing these units they do pretty much whatever the fuck they want anyway so you know, it's very much a, oh, go and hide behind, like, you, you, you'll you scan the environment, you'll see, like, cover to go hide behind. So you go, go hide over there and shoot from behind that cover, um, because it's a really good strategic point. I'll go over the other side of the map and, you know, hover over here. So they'll travel to the your marker, and they'll stay there for about a half a second, and then they'll just move off and do whatever the fuck they want. It's just uh, the amount of times that these these units do things that they shouldn't do is crazy. You'll say, hide behind this cover and shoot from there. They'll literally stand in front of the cover, and then they'll just charge headlong into the middle of a like a group of enemies and start shooting at enemies that are outside of their immediate vicinity. It's just crazy how the AI operates. So I think it's it's... Like I said, it takes out... So you have to impart yourself on the game and be, okay, I've got to shoot more, and then the shooting does nothing. So there's this really improper balance between they want it to be strategic and they remove all of your power as an FPS player and and then the AI doesn't operate properly. It's so crazy, the balancing. Is it officially release release or is it like an early release as well? No, it's a, it's officially released. So it released on the sixteenth, uh, um, so seventeenth our time. So it's officially released. Um, it's available on um, on PC, Xbox, and PlayStation. So it's out there. We got you know, I got access to this, and it was pretty much the final version. Um, there've been some minor updates, but nothing that will strid- like change the overall um, play of the game. It's is there any uh, story element to it? Is there is there at least something in regards to that that will grip players to sort of keep with the you know, the weakness of your character yeah. and the the AI issues? Is there at least a decent story that go, that goes along with it? Kind of like you know, there you you're sort of thrust into the role of a character, and there is like a you know cutscenes and all the rest of it, which is which all look quite beautiful. I've got, I've got to say they they did a very good job of how this game looks. Um, it's very authentic. Um, and there, there's some interesting story to it as well about how it starts and why you're underpowered at the start. Um, yeah. But I, I kind, I'm kind of over that that story model. Like, I'm kind of over that. Oh, we've got to start all over again from scratch. Here's the piece of shit, you know, weapons. You've got to upgrade uh, yeah. it over. It's it's 
it's a story that gets played in every FPS game, and I'm I'm sick of that. They need to do something different, and this is not that game. So, as far as storytelling goes, you're not coming here for storytelling. You're coming here for a different take on first-person shooters, and it's very, very different. But again, as I said, it's more on that strategic gameplay style than it is on that FPS content. So if that's what you're coming for, again, probably not the uh, the key selling point for this game. Now, did you play this on console, or did you play this on PC? I played it on PC. Um, so it was, you know, it's... I got the probably the best possible version of it that you could get. It's... Yeah, because uh, uh, and I think it's RTSs don't necessarily work on a console as well. Like they 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 are more PC played. So I'm wondering, yeah. how you, you yourself playing this as on PC? How is it the controls going to map over to a console? Like, will it have to be hold the left bumper and press this, then hit this button to uh, use look, this ability? No, it's very much like even on PC, right? Like it's just a one one touch thing. So you literally okay, click cool. one button to direct them to a space, or you uh, you. You know, you go into your scan mode to specifically ask them to, like, you know, turn on a health regeneration machine or, you know, open somebody's prison cell or something like that. Like, it's they're they're very simple, uh, simple controls, which I think will map quite well to consoles. Um, but yeah. yeah, I think yeah, even, I don't know if there's any benefit really from playing this on PC as opposed to playing it on console. They've kind of focused. Um, focused it on uh, they've removed that element of being kind of restrictive so that's that's pretty interesting um, they do have also a uh, multiplayer mode in here so you do 5v5 which is weird it was it was weird because there are like at least in the the game that I played so far there's no other grav cycles in the game it is just you so all of a sudden you're you know from playing all these land-based um, characters to all of a sudden flying around in the air, like there's this, like, yeah. I don't know, just that the, the changes the dynamics of the game completely. All right. So yes, it's it's interesting. The, uh, like they've given, they've thrown a lot at this game as far as all of the different elements are concerned. I think they might have tried too much. Um, is my only concern with this one is that they've they've got these very sort of grand ideas about it, but I don't know if the game really matches up to those ideas. Right. Well, yeah, it is. They've they've put sort of two two different genres of game with uh, with RTS and first person shooters and try and merge them together. And yeah, that's 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 a hard task in itself as well. Absolutely. And yeah, I think that's something that needs to be applauded because you know there are people that you know they tried to do fucking. Not RTS, but strategy games and sports games, and put them together with Blood Bowl for Warhammer Forty K. Oh, not Forty K for Warhammer Fantasy. Yeah. And it was, did that really work? Where this is, you know, trying first-person shooters and RTS, which is it's on paper, it sounds like the most fucking hardest, difficult, like hardest task to do. And it sounds like they're getting there, but it, they need to refine something. Absolutely, and I think that's that's the big thing for me. Like I think the like I played a lot of that early game stuff, and it just. It never really hooked me, so by the time I got to the late game, it just I wasn't, I was already disengaged from uh, from what was going on. So look, yeah, a lot of great ideas. I think they just didn't really, yeah, you know, hit it from a story perspective. And when the story becomes like the massive driving force for everything that you're doing, like why bother playing it? Like it, it, it removes me from that completely. So. I think they've, um, yeah, like you say, good ideas, and like they've they've made a good effort for like putting it together, and some of it works reasonably well. I, I just think there's there's something missing from this game. There was a little bit of that, you know, when a game misses its heart or misses like the connection, 
And I, I don't yeah. know if I was ever connected to this game to actually really care about it enough. Yeah, um, um, that's that's fair enough. There are some times where, you know, where both of us have, have done a game where it's like, cool, I'm, I'm going to give this a crack, especially with some of the like the anime games that you know I've reviewed. Yeah. Where it's like, cool, I get it, but it it doesn't like you know Naruto doesn't click for me. Yeah. Yeah. Dragon Ball, fuck yeah, I'm on board. And this like, I mean, there's always this thing with this game as well. It like, you know, when you, you you're in a you're playing a shooting game and you just don't ever feel like your guns are really powerful. Like they just don't act in an authentic way or really you know respond to you so it just like you shoot something it's just like eh, like where's the experience like the pistols and devil may cry that you have an issue with yeah just like it does nothing right it just like there is a there's a real tactile element to how you shoot like how how things react and this is very much disconnected from that that whole experience so something that i think that they could definitely improve on for future editions of this game or future updates um, but for right now it's probably missing the mark for me um so i'm going to give this one a three out of five i think it's it's still yeah. enough to be interested in it's just not enough for me at this point in time well uh, speaking of guns and first person shooters next week for noob fuzzy uh i will be talking about the new rainbow six siege operators that have just dropped oh yeah so previously we had uh, the kool-aid man and we had uh lana or yana who was the uh the the sort of uh, cg hologram drone that would go out nice uh, and we went to the rainbow six launch event just before the lockdowns happened in melbourne yep. Uh, and uh, I'll be talking about the new operators Ace and Malusi next week. Excellent. That's cool. I've got a couple of games that are coming through as well. Uh, I've got one that you're going to love. It's called Cartel Tycoon. Um, so where you play as a drug cartel tycoon and you have to build your drug empire. So I'm going to play that this week. It sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, and we'll be talking about that next week as well. Um, so that's it from us this week. It's been an awesome week full of games. We'll be back next week to talk about it. We've teased a bunch of stuff now, so there's definitely going to be more next week. Um, I've also put up an, a, a gameplay video for Disintegration, so you can check that out on our YouTube channel. Um, it's available, so you can just see what I was talking about. kind of gives you a bit of context for what's going on, um, and that's yep. available now on uh, YouTube at Shaken Not Nerd. Very nice. Excellent. Well, thanks very much, Judy. Always a pleasure to chat to you, mate. And we'll be back uh, later this week to talk Shaken Not Nerd stuff. Yes. I think all boys are back on for next for the next episode, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah, baby. The uh, boys are back in town. <laughs> back in the uh, in the recording studio as well. So, yeah, it should be good with uh, with seeing actually seeing everyone after like three months or four months. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, look, until that time, uh, this is Fuzzy Dan reminding you that if you're not having fun with your games, you got to get good. And this is Duty reminding you to play with each other, just like I did with Kermit and Davo, and play with yourself. <laughs>